Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, everyone. It is Sasha Calabodi here with another episode of the Sovereign Collective Podcast. And we have a doozy of an interview for you today. Today, my guest is Janice Barcelo of the website Birth of a New Earth and of radiationdangers.com. We're going to get into some pretty intense information today. And it's information, again, like I said, on the Sovereign Collective podcast, we don't censor. I believe you're strong enough to hear the truth and make up your own mind. And even if you don't believe it's your truth, whatever it is, you get to hear all sides and make up your mind as to what you feel is the right path for you. I always feel that if we know better, then we can do better. But if we don't know any better, then how do we expect to do better, right? So somebody's got to tell us the truth here. So anyways, we're getting into some intense information around pregnancy and parenting and conception and childbirth and all the medical practices that surround all stages of that, of which are very formative times for a human being. And we don't pay much attention to that in our modern society. And this is where Janice's work really shines and really comes in and I think is becoming more important than ever before because in the state of 2020 where we are looking to mainstream news and doctors and everybody else to tell us what we should do if we were rooted in ourselves and understood who we truly are we would be looking inside for our wisdom I think we'd be able to feel that where we're going is not necessarily in the best interest of humanity. So anyway, so Janice is an author, she's an educator, she's a researcher, she's an advocate, she's also an activist, and I would say an advocate for our babies, for children, for childbirth, for conscious conception and pregnancy. And she is dedicated to revealing the truth around all the medicalization around that and what the true impacts of what we feel our normal hospital births are. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be intense. Um, before I even get more into introducing Janice, I want to say, parents, this is not about a guilt trip. This is not about pointing out what you did wrong. This is important information to whether you have had a child or not, because it'll give you insight as to who you are. But parents would also give you insight as to why your life with your family has gone the way it has, and potentially give you some, some options to maybe heal some things that never gotten healed, got healed when they were supposed to. 
and also to would-be parents. This is crucial information for you to know before you even conceive. And if you've already conceived during your pregnancy, there's it's it's never too late, too late, I think, to get this kind of information. I think it's super, super, super important. So anyways, back to Janice. Sorry for that little aside there. Um, so we're going to talk about all of these things, like I said. And so Janice is the author of a couple books. Her first book is Birth Trauma and the Dark Side of Modern Medicine. And the second one is The Dark Side of Prenatal Ultrasound and the Dangers of Non-Ionizing Radiation. Really important information, mamas. We used to get pregnant and go through our pregnancies and not have to confirm that and not have to see it through you know, instruments that cause harm to our children. So really important information. She also has a DVD series on human sexuality, pornogra pornography, and the attack on human love. And also she offers 20 week, a 20 week parenting program. So she offers classes, she offers, she has a ton of information behind her, lots of research and a lot of wisdom to share. So thank you, Janice, for being with me today. I really, really appreciate your time. Sasha, I'm really glad to be here. And um, it's good to kind of let people know ahead of time as you, you have done that the information I'm about to share is, is very hard hitting. It's, it can feel really heavy to people. All of us were born and all of us were gestated in wombs um, and millions, billions of us have experienced massive trauma, um, both in the womb and during the birth process if we were born in hospitals. And this trauma really affects our lives. It affects the way that uh, we create reality and it affects our life experience. So if I can help today in bringing some of this to consciousness, that's very beneficial. And also I should say that part of what I do is, um, it's kind of like we're under a spell from the mainstream media and the medical establishment and they operate in cahoots with each other. Mm -hmm. They operate hand in hand. And that spell has kept us from paying attention to our own intuition, to our own intuitive knowing about what's right for us and for our children during our pregnancies, during our births, um, and during the raising of our children. So uh, it's important that people recognize there is some mind control that's been happening. And part of what I'm going to be sharing will cause that to break down. And that can get, that can feel intense. I'm not here to upset people. I really am here to help liberate people. And I am here because I care deeply, especially about the children and the babies. I've had, um, my own very severe birth trauma, extremely severe experiences of birth trauma that I've written about in my birth trauma book, Birth Trauma and the Dark Side of Modern Medicine. And these experiences are what put me on this path to looking deeper into what the medical establishment is doing and the impact that these interventions are having on us and our babies and ultimately on our families. And as we talk about that, it'll become much more clear 
um, how it's impacting all of us and even our ability to stay married. <laughs> you know, it's breaking down relationships. It's breaking apart family love. Um, and this is the bottom line. You know, we could all use a, a good healthy dose of human love. And it yeah. is so lacking in our, what we call civilization because we've been so traumatized. So I've been talking about this for a number of years and I know, uh, you know, a lot of the birth community turned away from me because I was talking about this. Everybody wants to focus on the love and the light. And um, now, you know, now evil is in our face. It is everywhere that we are turning. So, and that's because we've refused to look at it. It's because we've refused to pay attention. And then it grows. We've allowed it to grow and to grow. And now it's all consuming of our society and our lives. So now is the time. There, there is, you know, beyond this, beyond we're in like the end game right now is what I'm seeing. If humanity doesn't wake up and see what's going on, um, it's not looking good for the future of our species or even other species <laughs> based on what we're doing. Right. So for let's let's talk about that evil. People, some people say, I don't believe there's evil. Everybody thinks they're doing the best thing. Where would you say that we're seeing that right now? How is that manifesting itself? Well, I don't want to get too deep into this, but the COVID thing, okay, all of this stuff about a virus, when you look deeper into um, medical, real medical information, you find that viruses, what they call viruses, are actually particles that our immune system creates when our cells become toxic. And these particles release some kind of solvent that makes the toxins break down and easier for the body to remove. So these particles are beneficial. They're a natural part of our immune system. You cannot catch a virus because they are unique to your own biology. Um, and you cannot, you know, shed a virus, transmit a virus to anybody else. The only way you can get an alien virus in your body is through injection. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's something for people to consider. So what we find in history is like the 1918 Spanish flu that they said was a, an influenza virus. This so-called virus actually began on military bases and on military ships where they were rolling out wireless telegraphy. And as the military ships spread around the earth, so too did the virus, okay? So a lot of what I may be able to share today, depending on how much time we have, is that what people are experiencing right now is symptoms of radiation sickness. All of the symptoms associated with coronavirus or COVID-19 are the exact same symptoms that are associated with what is called microwave illness. This is an illness that comes from exposure to man-made microwaves. Our technologies, our wireless technologies are pumping out enormous amounts of microwave radiation 
that are making millions of people sick, causing our bodies to create these particles called viruses um, as a means of helping to get rid of the toxicity in the cells so that we may recover from the damage that's being done from the radiation exposure. So I'm sharing this with you because what the medical establishment has repeatedly done for at least the last hundred years since the Rockefeller Foundation took over the medical establishment is turned it on its head, claiming that viruses are bad, using a fake viral theory to support its vaccine industry, a vaccine industry that is proving to have uh, cause extreme harm to millions of children and adults around the world. And this is something that the medical establishment does repeatedly in terms of uh, reversals, completely reversing. So if I said to you, okay, radiation is harmful. Technologically produced radiation is harmful. Everybody would agree with that, right? Everybody mm -hmm. knows radiation is harmful. Yet the medical establishment will say to you, oh, you've developed cancer. We need to expose you to radiation. And that will be beneficial for you. Okay, that's a reversal. And yet nobody is questioning, or very, very few are questioning the logic behind exposing people who are ill to technologies that are known to be extremely harmful to the body, to things like chemotherapy, which is Agent Orange, that they're pumping into your bloodstream and telling people that this is going to be beneficial right. to heal them. And I could go on. There are, you know, when we talk about the birth process and you see what these interventions are actually doing, it will become much more clear that what the creatures who run the medical establishment are up to is evil. It's, in, it's intended to cause harm, and it is causing harm. The medical establishment is the number one killer in the United States, okay, killing at least a million people a year with their so-called medicines, their treatments, their mistakes. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's big money behind it. Okay, so a couple of things. So before, so let's go, we're going to focus more on the job, but I just wanted you to bring that up because it is a lot of people think, well, there's no evil. What are you talking about? What do you mean my freedom? What about evil? What, what they don't, they don't really see, but I think uh, it's, it's, I don't know how far it's going to have to go for before people start questioning things, but this is good. So this is just a little insight as to some of the things that have been going on for a long time, not just in the last six, seven, eight months, but decades, centuries, yeah. potentially. Yeah. So one thing I want to refer to is let everybody know that Janice is in a Faraday cage pretty much because of her sensitivity to that. So we're talking about radiation here. So it looks like an interesting little setup there, but that's for her own protection because she's very, very sensitive to radiation. I too am sensitive, not to that degree, 
but I definitely feel, and I have to be grounded and I have to, I can't be around things for very long, but I love the idea of that because I love that full protection idea. So just so people know, this is a very interesting thing that you could, that maybe would be helpful for you as well. Oh yeah, I could recommend many things. And most people are experiencing symptoms of radiation sickness, but they've, they've not made the connection between their wireless exposure. So a lot of people, for example, have headaches right, especially from using their cell phone. And what happens when you, when you use your cell phone and other wireless devices is your blood vessels constrict from the stress that these frequencies are putting on your system, which cuts off the blood and the oxygen supply to your brain, which causes headaches and can actually lead to stroke. There's, there's biology behind the myriad symptoms. People have tinnitus, what's called whistling or ringing in the ears. These are people that can hear the frequencies that are coming off the grid, many of which are ultrasonic and we can hear them, even though we've been lied to and told we can't hear ultrasound, in fact, millions of us can hear it. Um, and it can keep people up through the night because it can get really loud if you're that mm -hmm. sensitive and you're starting to hear it. Um, you, may, you may have insomnia. You may have heart irregularities, right? Your heart skips beats or it beats very, very fast, what's called tachycardia, or you may have arrhythmias or um, a variety of heart issues because um, I can demonstrate to you, you know, these, these technologies pulse, all right? They're sending out pulses of microwave radiation. So right now I am sitting um, inside a Faraday canopy with a wired computer, okay? Now, if I go ahead and turn my Wi-Fi on, I want you to see what happens. Here we go. Oh. So you're going to see every couple of seconds, there's going to be another blast of microwave radiation. Okay, I'm going to turn it off because I can't be exposed to this. This is what's coming off your cell phones, off your laptops, if you've got Wi-Fi on, off your, off your Wi-Fi router, off your smart meters, your smart TVs, your smart appliances, your Bluetooth devices. It's happening in your car. If you have a car that's you know old that's newer than 2006, you are being pummeled. Mm -hmm. Literally, this is a mm -hmm. this is a um, you know it's a jackhammer on the nervous system. Yeah. So of course heart rhythms become completely erratic because this is disrupting the electrical right. um, firing of your body. It's, right. dis it's disrupting your connection to the earth. It's disrupting your connection to our source, to God creator. These frequencies are an interference in healthy functioning biologically and spiritually. Yes, and so they're only people may have a lot of emotional problems right now. You know, depression, suicide, uh, te suicidal tendencies. Um, anxiety, extreme anxiety, panic attacks, all of this is because there's no way for the body to rest when you're being exposed to this 24-7. Most people never even shut off their phones, right. much less their Wi-Fi routers. Or, you know, if you want to help yourself and your children, the first thing you can do that's very easy to do, turn everything off at night. 
when you sleep. Unplug your cordless phones, your, your smart TVs, all smart appliances. Um, if you have a smart meter, turn the electric off to your bedrooms, literally, because that radiation backs up through all the electrical wiring of the house. So when you turn everything off, your body has a chance to repair. It will try to repair radiation damage during sleep. Yeah, but it can't repair if you're chronically exposed. And baby monitors, you know, if you want to understand evil, okay, I want to show you something. Give me just a minute to call this up. <laughs> People should see this. I apologize for That's taking okay. Oh, okay, let me see. Here it is. All right, I am going to share my screen if that's yeah, permissible. Sure. You have to okay it. You have to enable the share screen for me. Where is, is it asking me somewhere? It just anything. says you've disabled attendee screen sharing. Oh, have I? I? Oh, how do I? Oh, dear. Oh, oh, that's okay. No worries. I don't want to confuse things. But I can tell you that the radiation coming from the baby monitors. Oh, I changed it. Yes. Share. Who can share? Every All participants can share. You should yes, be. Okay. Here it comes. Okay, there we go. Can you see that? Yes. Okay, so that thing on the right is the, let me put this over here. It's the radiation level for baby monitors. Wow, wow. Higher than any of them. So why, I never had a baby, and we'll get it once we get into the babies, but why, why would they be so high? What was there a need? You, uh, you, you, you tell me. Now, I've already got the answer and have spoken about it briefly during our conversation. So I'll allow other people now to say the word. Why are the radiation levels this high coming from a baby monitor? Crazy. Okay. It's and a good I'll question. I'll tell you why. It's because they're trying to hurt the babies. It's not rocket science. <sighs> okay. Okay. And you'll get a very clear understanding of that as I go through what's going on during prenatal care and what's happening during hospital birth. They are trying to hurt the children. Okay. So before we get into that list, but like, and, and I'm sure everybody's like, what, what do you mean? Why are they trying to hurt the children? I work in a hospital. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But before we get into that, Let's talk about what led you, your, your own, you have a tragic story that started you on this path. Yeah. So what made you uncover all this? What is that driving force behind all this that you do? Well, I started on this path when I, um, I tried to give birth to my daughter in 1998, a very well-prepared for home birth that went terribly wrong. So she was actually born not breathing and I almost hemorrhaged to death trying to give birth to her. She was rushed 
to a hospital in Miami and I was rushed to a hospital in Key West. We were put in different hospitals and that's traumatic enough to be separated and to not have an opportunity to bond with your baby. But when I got out of the hospital and I had to watch what they did to my daughter in a neonatal intensive care unit, it was extreme abuse and extreme trauma, extreme violence being inflicted on her every day, several times a day, and a bunch of dissociated people working in the hospitals. Dissociation means, you know, you've been exposed to so much trauma that your spirit is kind of hanging out up here and you're operating on automatic pilot without feeling anything mm. about what you're doing, okay? What kind of violence? What, what would be happening in a neonatal unit that's violent? Okay, so they do very painful protocols on babies in NICUs every day without anesthesia. They actually operate on infants without anesthesia. They will paralyze these children with their drugs. So for days at a time, I would watch my infant paralyzed, swelled up like a balloon from the toxicity of their drugs while they kept injecting needles into her skull, into every part of her body. She had more tubes, you know, coming out of her umbilicus and her everywhere. All of her veins had collapsed and they kept jabbing her, kept jabbing her in the feet, you know, whipping tape on her, you know, off her face, on her face, off her face, intubating her uh, without any anesthetic whatsoever, but paralyzing her. So these children cannot cry or scream or blink or anything, but are feeling every single thing that these people are doing to them. And it is violence. It is absolutely horrific violence. Even isolating an infant in an incubator is violence. This is completely antagonistic to their well being. It's horrific harm that you are doing by not allowing an infant to receive loving touch and the only touch that they are ever receiving in the hospital is this, this brutality of medical uh, interventions. Now, let me get this straight, okay? Most people, not, I won't say most, a lot of people working in hospitals don't have a clue that what they're doing is harmful because they have dissociated. They've, they've dissociated probably at birth and haven't been fully in their body since that time to actually feel the severity of what they're participating in and what they are doing, okay? And if you're a medical doctor and you've gone through medical school, medical training in itself is a form of trauma-based mind control, okay? These doctors are nutrition deprived, they are sleep deprived, mm -hmm. 
they are sunlight deprived, they are forced to engage in extreme violence against infants, such as cutting off a piece of an infant's penis without anesthetic after you've strapped the infant to a torture board and having to listen to the baby's screams and watch the baby dissociate. We'll go into this, okay? Medical doctors are forced to participate in extremely evil, abusive, harmful things during their training so that they will dissociate. Yeah. And when they dissociate, an alter personality can step in and this alter personality can be in service to the dark side. This is the purpose of trauma-based mind control, to, to get an alter personality into that body. That will work in service to the dark forces. Wow. And every single medical doctor that is engaged in activities like circumcision, cord cutting, induction, amniotomy, C-section, are participating in rituals that are extremely harmful, extremely, extremely harmful. And I can explain each one, why it's harmful, and maybe pull some doctors out of their mind control so that they can see it. You know, people have to come to terms with the fact that, that the Rockefeller Foundation is a satanic institution. These people are Luciferians, meaning they worship the creator's adversary. And this is, this is very real. And they have gained control of our media and our medical establishment, our government, our schools, our entire civilization right now is actually under the control of Luciferian forces. That's not to say that there's not good people operating within it, trying to effectuate positive change. But it is to say, if we understand that there are beings that hate God, that hate humanity, and that seek to destroy everything beautiful that our creator has given us, and they wanna destroy us too, we can begin to understand why our earth is under such attack, why we have chemtrails being sprayed on us, why we have radiation pouring into our environment, why we have fluoride being put in our drinking water, why we have mercury in our dental fillings and our vaccines, and why Every single pharmaceutical drug has a, a list of side effects that should prevent any thinking person from being willing to consume them. 
-hmm. Our media is filled with lies. I mean, unbelievable lies. And filled with satanic images, constant barrage of violence, blood, guts, death, you know, uh, corpses and zombies. And I mean, visions of devastation of our earth, visions of a horrible future. And these images, see, we create reality through images. That's part of how we generate our future is by picturing the future that we'd like to create. But when they are grabbing our attention with satanic images through their music industry, their media, you know. Um, Hollywood, we, Hollywood, I think is a big it. plays a big role in this. And all this stuff, by the way, just as an aside, I've never heard the word satanic and Luciferian as much as I've heard it in these past few months. Like I did not realize the degree, how dark it was. Like I've been aware of big pharma and the Rockefellers and GMOs and chemtrails and everything, but the darkness behind it that has come to light in these last few months, like before, and this is, I think this is going to be very uncomfortable for some people to hear these words. These are strong words and strong claims, but it's not hidden. It's not in the open in our mainstream media, but if you just spend some time to get off Google and look at an independent search engine and look to see what these people are into, look at the history of the medical system in the early 1900s when Rockefeller changed it all and funded it all and required, you know, big pharma to basically run the show. Like it's not hidden. They announced this all for us, but we have to spend the time to look for it. So I just want to make that aside because like you said, this satanic, these rituals, I think people are going to be like, I feel like people want to dismiss that because it's uncomfortable, but it's about to get much more uncomfortable. Yeah, that's reason, my worry. That's the reason, my worry. The only reason it's going to get so uncomfortable is because people have refused to look. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this, it's going to take getting smashed over the head, obviously, for people to be willing to look, to pay attention. You know, humanity is at a crossroads right now. Either we step into our power and we come together to, to, to demand that these creatures get out of our reality, all right, or we're not going to make it. In fact, most life forms are not going to make it based on what we're already being exposed to. Mm -hmm. And it is, as you said, it's, it's, they put it right there in our face for us to look at it. So for example, in the genetic modification process, they use a substance called luciferase and luciferin. And they'll come right and tell you it's named after Lucifer because this substance actually lights up. Okay, that, that's luciferian light. All this radiation is luciferian light. Okay, this luciferase is planned to be used for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. All right. They want to actually have you let something go into your body that when you wave a cell phone or some other detector over it, it will light up inside you. It's called the mark of the beast. And let people know that you have received your vaccine. Mm -hmm. Okay. For your software upgrade. 
And this luciferase is designed also, the contents of this vaccine, to attach to your DNA to change your DNA. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to do is to turn people into biological robots. Most people are mostly there already. They can't walk from their car to the mailbox without their little Luciferian cell phone in their hands. All right, it's like attached to their bodies and they won't leave it. Right. Okay. They have become one with their technology. Right. And you'll get people like Elon Musk and others talking about what an upgrade that is, you know, to have humanity connecting itself to the Internet of Things, which is what 5G is very much about, is connect making you part of the Luciferian grid. And okay. you, better you better believe that they're exposing developing babies to this radiation through ultrasonic irradiation and with their with the parents chronically exposed to wireless radiation in order to make the, these children's bodies more accessible to luciferian forces there's no doubt about this and i have written about this in my ultrasound book which obviously you know, most people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is just unbelievable. This is outrageous. This is just over the top. Yeah. But it's not over the top, you know, only for people that have chosen not to look for such a long time. This information has been available for the last 30 years. Yeah. Okay. You know, so how do we go? So let's back up. Let's back up to how a human is formed and how do they become susceptible to such brainwashing, how how is it? Let's let's talk about how we become, and how that's been hijacked. Well, the birth process itself in the hospital is a system of trauma-based mind control. The protocols are designed to inflict trauma, and ideally to get the baby to dissociate. Okay, that is to split off from its soul so that an alter personality can come in. Not all babies do dissociate, not all babies can dissociate, but let me go through the protocols so people have a better understanding okay. of what I'm talking about. So if we look at a typical birth right now, we have, we have uh, one in three women in the United States acquiescing to an induction of labor. Okay, now, the word induction was purposefully chosen because an induction is an initiation into a cult. Okay. Mm -hmm. People are inducted into the military. People are inducted into the police academy. These are cults, basically. They are, they are operating to protect the elite in general. The elite being the ones, I call them elite, children of the Elohim. They are uh, wanting to initiate us into their system, into their way of life. They are wanting to turn us into their slaves. 
Okay, so with the process of induction, the baby is being initiated into the Luciferian order. And the way that this is done is in a natural birth, the baby will signal the mother's body that it's ready to be born. And the mother will then begin, the mother's body will begin producing the neurochemicals of labor and labor will happen. Okay, so the baby is supposed to have dominion and control over the timing of its birth. There's a destiny attached to the timing of the birth. Okay, it's very, very significant. When the medical establishment comes in to usurp that baby's dominion over the timing of its birth, what they're basically doing is number one, causing a medically induced premature birth. The baby is not ready to be born or it, labor would have begun on its own. So they are forcing the baby, or they're gonna try, forcing the baby to come out of the womb before it's ready to be born. The way that they're going to do this is through a series of very mean-spirited rituals, protocols, and drugs. Drugs are often used in trauma-based mind control in order to get that baby to evacuate that womb, leaving an imprint on the child that says, I had no control over my destiny or my life. Something out there is trying to exercise control mm -hmm. over me. And that something is not loving. Okay. And the baby can mistake this for God. That's the power of suggestion through the medical establishment with the use of their drugs is that they can present themselves as if they were God. Hmm. And they're doing this constantly. So the drugs that they're going to use through induction, usually two, there's two big ones. One of them is called Cytotech, misoprotol or something like that. And this drug is being used against label, which clearly says it should not be used on a pregnant woman because mm. it causes a miscarriage state. So they're using this drug to make the cervix just bloop, open up right. so the baby will drop out, okay? This drug can also cause uterine rupture, uh, hyperstimulation of the uterus. It can cause massive, massive harm to mother and the baby, and it has killed mothers and babies. Hmm. The other drug, which is extremely harmful and is being used in over 80% of American hospital births is called Pitocin. Even when people are not induced, they're still gonna try to get Pitocin into the bodies of laboring mothers. And I'm gonna tell you why. Pitocin is synthetic oxytocin. Okay, oxytocin in its natural form is a hormone of human love. Yes, it's the hormone of, of human bonding. Mm -hmm. 
It's the hormone that allows for the letdown of breast milk so that a mother can nurse her baby. When they inject into a mother's body artificial chemical oxytocin, that will severely undermine her ability to produce natural oxytocin, which will undermine both her ability to nurse her baby successfully and to love her baby. Mm. If, and to bond with her baby in the way that the creator designed for it to happen, okay? Pitocin, and I want to say one other thing. When natural oxytocin is not flooding the mother's body during labor, the baby's oxytocin receptor sites will be damaged for life. Mm. So they're undermining the ability of that child to experience human love in the way it was designed to experience human love. Hmm. Pitocin also causes extreme and unrelenting contractions. So in a normal birth, a contraction will rise up slowly. It'll peak, it'll ease off, the body will rest. Okay, it'll activate again, you'll see it elevate, it'll peak, it'll ease off, the body will rest. That's a natural, a natural, what we call contraction. Mm -hmm. Elena Tonetti would call it an expansion, right? Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. So with Pitocin, there is no rest. It's like, a steamroller, one after another, after another, after another, of very intense, they are contractions because the uterus is turned into a trash compactor, right? Crushing the baby. If the baby does not get that rest period to recover from the compression, okay, that baby's oxygen supply is compromised, the baby's whole well being is compromised. Okay, from the unrelenting contractions caused by Pitocin. And doctors know this. Doctors know that Pitocin causes fetal distress. This is well documented. And it's also well documented that doctors are giving nurses an order for what's called pit to distress, meaning pump up that Pitocin really high to deliberately put the baby in distress so that we can move this thing more quickly to a C-section. Intentionally pit to distress. They actually have that order. Pit to distress, correct. Nurses are blogging about this. If their blogs have still been left up, some of them have been deleted off the internet, um, but not before I had a chance to get quotes from them um, and put them right in my book, in my birth oh. trial. Good. So people can read this stuff for themselves in my birth trauma book, okay? So 
we have a situation where the baby is going to be crushed, smashed, in a lot of pain. And the mother, of course, is going to be in excruciating pain. There's nothing good about this drug, nothing mm -hmm. at all, except that it's going to make things go faster so that the doctors can get to wherever it is they'd rather be. Right. Okay. And of course, now the mothers are going to be begging for pain relief. But before we get to that, this is called the, the cascade of interventions that's going to happen as a result of the mother mm -hmm. acquiescing and saying yes to the induction in the first place. <laughs> mm -hmm. Much of this can be avoided if you become aware of what I'm saying and you tell them to screw themselves that no, yeah. you're, not, you're not going to allow this. But anyway, one other thing that they're going to do very likely is break the waters for an induction or to speed labor up and or amniotomy now the baby is in a watery sac yes it's the amniotic sac and that watery sac is protective of the baby from the intensity right. of mm -hmm. compression during contractions right and that that water would normally break when contractions got really intense, right? That that would be natural. Sometimes it never breaks. Some babies are born in the call. You know, that's very magical when that happens. It means labor was really quite gentle. Mm. But if we think about that baby not having any protection because of the breaking of the waters and being subjected to the Pitocin. And some of these babies will have an internal fetal heart monitor literally screwed into their heads. Goes in their heads? It goes, oh. they, take, they take a probe with a screw on the end of it. They put their hands inside the vagina of a laboring mother and screw this thing into the baby's head. So that, I mean, come on, man. Every time that there's a contraction, this is gonna pull and tug at the baby's head in the very area, usually the soft spot, which is where the baby's supposed to be, you know, receiving a download of spiritual information as it makes its transition from one place to another. Right. Of course, that's completely blocked with an internal fetal heart monitor because all the baby's going to get is pain, 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 pain. Some of these babies have such bad scoring and holes in their head. Literally, they don't let anybody to touch their head. You could become an adult and not know why you can't stand it when somebody touches your head. And my suggestion is you look and see if you can get the records from your birth to see if you had an internal fetal heart monitor screwed into your head. Wow. Wow. I didn't know they screwed it right in their heads. And, and I want people to think about, about the mind of a creature that thought it was a good idea to screw something into the baby's head to listen to the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Who thinks of this? What kind of sadist, when we've had fetoscopes, wooden fetoscopes, 
that have worked for centuries to listen to the heartbeat? What kind of sadistic psychopath thinks about screwing something into the head of a baby that's being born? Yeah. Okay. Good the other end of this is these fetal heart monitors, which if you're induced, you may be attached to one of these things for days. Okay. These are ultrasonic. Ultrasound is radiation. The medical establishment has lied to us repeatedly, telling us that these are just sound waves and that they're totally safe. Well, my 500 page book mm. about ultrasound, which includes over 1600 citations, wow. will document the facts about this wicked technology and what it's really doing to us and our children. And there's no question, it is the foundation of the autism epidemic. And that is not to say that vaccines are not a major problem and throwing children over the edge into autism because they are, but the ultrasound is laying the groundwork for the brain damage, for the neurological damage, and for the genetic damage that is so prevalent in children with autism. That's right. So even before they come into this earth, come to this earth, there there's so many interventions. Like people get multiple ultrasounds. I, I didn't. I didn't do an ultrasound. I actually didn't see anybody until I was five months pregnant because traveling for my pregnancy. I didn't get an ultrasound. I didn't do the Doppler. I just waited till you could hear with a stethoscope. But I planned for a home birth and ended up in the hospital. And that's when it all went. But up until then, not. But let's talk. Okay, so we're talking about the pitocin and the induction. But what's already happened to this poor baby before they've even had a chance to take one breath in this? I'm going to back up one more step because what you just said before was very important. Women that are born in hospitals are going to tend to give birth the way they were born. Right. All right. Especially the first time around. And this is because we're trying to work out our own birth trauma by repeating it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why you need to heal the birth trauma prior to having your baby, ideally, that's, right? That's very, very important for people mm -hmm. to become conscious of their birth trauma and to find, this is part of the work I do, and to find a modality like the one that I teach uh, that will help them heal their birth trauma before they give birth, ideally before you conceive. But if you're already pregnant, now's the time <laughs> to start yeah. working with this because even if you haven't had a baby before, the likelihood that you're carrying unresolved birth trauma yourself is very high and it would benefit you and your baby for you to try to move that out of your system so that it, you know, it doesn't repeat. Traumatic repetition is, is something that we all do. It's not something we're consciously doing, but we're always trying to work our trauma out by recreating similar circumstances, you know, uh, in an effort to create the happy ending. Mm. So I'll give you a very brief example. Like if we're in a womb where our father is abusing our mother, we may create a partner that's abusive to us, okay, to repeat the cycle. 
in the hopes that if we can get this person to become loving, then we can heal our original trauma. So that's the point of the traumatic repetition. It's on a very unconscious level that we're always trying to work it out, to return the system to love. That's mm. why we repeat what's happened. And unfortunately, the repetition often causes more trauma. It compounds the trauma because we don't have any conscious awareness of the trauma. We don't recognize what it is we're trying to do. And the trauma gets further carried out and imprinted into our children, which is what happened to my baby and why I did not have a successful home birth either mm. from my own birth trauma. And this is all explained in my birth trauma book. So with respect to prenatal care, and we've only gotten this far through the birth process, right? Yeah. Prenatal care is a series of um, very dangerous interventions that have no business uh, being around us and our babies, okay? We don't want ultrasound. Ultrasound is radiation. Ultrasound is causing genetic damage. Ultrasound is causing brain damage. Ultrasound is causing fetal growth retardation and a number of other serious issues. Well, I know they just, there was one thing I remember reading about and just, just by the fact that the baby's trying to get away from that, right? When, when you're having an ultrasound, I mean, there's your, there's your clue right there that something's yeah. not right. They're not going towards it. They're trying to get away from that, that ultrasound. Babies, babies can hear it. Hmm. And, and I, as I said earlier, humans, adult humans can hear it too. Um, but for a baby, because of the watery environment, they have recorded this at 120 decibels, okay, in the womb, which is as loud as being in a subway station when the trains are coming in. Wow. So naturally, we have a growing number of babies with hearing damage. Hello. Mm, we do. Okay. And of course, they are trying to get away from it, not only because it's terrifying and extremely loud, but because these frequencies are hurtful. They're mm -hmm. being electroshock tortured. This is electroshock torture. Wow. Ultrasound is a combination of electromagnetic radiation and acoustic radiation. This is a double attack. On and a now we have those 3D ultrasounds that people are doing almost for entertainment purposes, it seems. Not, nothing to see. It's not diagnostic. It's not looking for anything specific. It's just, here you go. Here's your baby. Yeah, isn't that fun? And when your baby is miscarried or born with, with birth defects or born you know, with health issues mm -hmm. that you may not even see when the baby first comes out because radiation damage can take uh, several years to show up. Right. Okay. It's like mm -hmm. cancer. Mm -hmm. You may not see cancer for five, 10, 15 years. You're certainly not going to see infertility until the baby comes of age. In the meantime, ultrasound causes infertility. It causes sterility. They're using ultrasound as a form of male contraception because it stops sperm production. Oh, I did not Two 15-minute blasts to the adult male scrotum, and you have a minimum of six months infertility. Wow. And of course, the infertility can be permanent, 
and the and if there are sperm that that are created the quality of that sperm the genetic integrity of that sperm is an issue after radiation exposure and we know that that's a serious issue right now right the shape of the sperm the function of the sperm we know that's compared to the current man's great grandfather you know their sperm quality is terrible in we have a situation in the western world right now whereas whereas compared to 1970 before ultrasound was introduced the male sperm count today is 60 percent less mm -hmm. they've lost 60 percent of their sperm and what's left is dysfunctional right okay it can't swim it's got genetic damage it's uh, deformed. Mm -hmm. This is from radiation. It right. started with ultrasound and then in the, in the mid 1990s, not only did they up the level on the ultrasound machines eightfold, but they introduced cell phones. So that now we've got men carrying around cell phone radiation in their pockets, mm -hmm. which is, you know, there are literally hundreds, thousands of studies, tens of thousands of studies documenting the harm from wireless radiation. And cell phone radiation is well documented to cause infertility. Right. Okay. Not just, of course, for a female, all of your eggs are being exposed to radiation. Right, because they're already there. Right. And if you have a female baby, all of her eggs right. are yeah. also being exposed. Yeah. So again, we have a situation where the birth rate in the United States right now is the lowest it has ever been since they started recording the birth rate in 1909. Really? Women are becoming infertile. Men are becoming infertile. They're having a very hard time producing a pregnancy. And if they do are lucky enough to get pregnant, the chances that their baby is going to be able to reproduce a healthy child are very, very slim. And this is because of the radiation exposure. Right. That we have all so blindly stepped right into the trap. And why? Why do we do this? Because we're under hypnosis, because we're under a spell, because we watch TV and we turn on the programming. This is mind <laughs> yes. control programming. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you sit in front of that thing, you're saying, go ahead and program me. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's like, I can't even... There's nothing that can explain it now for what people are accepting. We have, and the thing I read today is that kids now, they, they because it's getting cold outside here, it, they have to eat inside. So they have to sit straight ahead. They can't face each other. They have to eat, you know, cause they can't chew anywhere close to each other. They're banned instruments now. Now they're gonna have a mask. So let's say they're using some kind of a woodwind instrument. They got to stick it under their mask in this one school. I don't know if this is everywhere, but this is another one. And then not only that, the end of that instrument is masked on top of it. So they've got a mask on themselves, they've got a mask on the, like, like to accept this, 
Yes. And to, to, to not think, first of all, is totally ludicrous. And then the second thing is that it's actually abusive to not actually see that. I don't understand what it could be other than a spell. It is a spell. It is hypnosis. These people are sorcerers. The whole medical establishment is filled with sorcery. That's what pharmaceutical means. Pharmaceutical means it comes from the word pharmakia, which means sorcery. Oh, really? Okay. I did not know that. Yes. So these people are sorcerers. The medical establishment is behind the mask mandate, supported by the mainstream media, which is controlled by the same cult. Remember, well, most people can't remember because they haven't bothered to look, but Luciferians wear masks during their rituals. They're turning the whole of our society into a Luciferian ritual. You're masking your children forcing them to breathe in carbon dioxide all day, giving them brain damage, lung damage. Yeah. yeah and just think of what's breeding in a warm, moist environment. What's breeding on their face? What's breeding in their mouths? It's breathing, breeding in their lungs. You're, like it's yes. such an unnatural lack of exchange of air and moisture and CO2 and microbes. Yes. I mean, children are getting impetigo rashes, really horrible rashes. Yeah all over their face where the masks are kept. People are ending up in hospitals with severe respiratory issues and death from wearing masks because they're stupid enough to wear a mask. I'm sorry, stupid. you yeah. know, but there's a point at which the stupidity, we're, we are the laughing stock of the entire cosmos at I this know. point for our own stupidity and our own, you know, like it's like knee knuckling fear of standing against authority. Yeah, and, the, and so, and to bring in that mask thing, what's recommended here, I think it was in Alberta or BC, I'm in Alberta, for mothers having their babies in the hospital. So talk about all the things that screw a person up from the get-go, Never mind what they've been through through the pregnancy and the actual birth itself, but then post-birth, mask yourself, put your baby behind a plastic divider, put them in an incubator when you don't, when you're not feeding them. So when you're feeding, so they just came out of you. And I've said this another, like, it's, it's so insane. Like they just came out of your vagina. They're fe you're feeding from your breast, but yet you're supposed to mask yourself when you're yeah. having your, and this is what your baby is seeing when you're in that intimate bonding state. This is what they're telling. Like I, I when I saw that, knowing what I know, I, I cannot believe that this is not purposeful. Them, they're in 100%. Oh, one hundred percent. They've been doing things to block bonding um, for a long time. So, for example, uh, eye contact is a primary means of bonding. So they usually put burning poison gunk in the baby's eyes and they're going to tell you it's to prevent venereal disease. Right. But it's to prevent you actually making eye contact with your baby, activating the neurobiology of love. Right. They put a hat on the baby's head because there's pheromones coming off the baby's head that are supposed to activate the mother and the father's capacity to love their baby, to recognize their baby through scent. So they block that with the hat. They swaddle the baby, literally straitjacket newborn infants, you know, with neurotoxic blankets that are washed in neurotoxic chemicals so that there's no skin to skin. There's no ability to bond through scent through touch or through eye contact. They've done this for decades. All right, now they're introducing the masks. 
They're putting face shields over newborn infant cribs, totally, you know, totally uh, preventing the baby from, it's gonna destroy the baby's eyes because there's no possibility to see things clearly through a face shield, through the gunk, through, I mean, and then putting them in incubators to isolate them. Okay, this is evil, people. This is evil. This is abuse. This is violence. Every step of the way. And we need to stop allowing this to happen. End of story. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if this upsets people, but not sorry. Yeah. Because I have a role to play. Mm-hmm. which is to break down the mind control and shake it up. Wake up. Wake up out of the spell because you cannot expect your bloodline to survive if you don't snap out of it and pay attention to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You cannot allow this to happen if you, if you want your children to have a life. Right now, I've seen, you know, forecasts where the life expectancy is going to be 16 years 16 16 years whoa i have not seen that wow why is that because the children are brain damaged genetically damaged neurologically damaged and their health is toast Never mind just that heart to heart connection what is the most like bruce lipton says you know the greatest i think growth thing for growth or require for growth and healing is love. But if you're not bonded, if you're not touching, if you don't have that heart center, if you're not, there's so many things that get into the way of that. I just, I don't know. Okay, so These Luciferians are experts at torturing their own children because they know that this is what will get the children to become, um, a functional part of the Luciferian cult. They have to become unfeeling without human emotion. Right, I don't, yeah. Otherwise, how do you you explain what's being done out there? Otherwise, I don't. So let's let's get some good. Let's go back to the birth process. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just just going to, Earlier, I was talking about the pain that mothers are going to endure, and that's going to lead to the next intervention, which is going to be pain relief called epidural. Epidural is um, anesthesia that they inject into the area around your spinal cord to numb any sensation from the waist down. So the interesting thing about the cerebral spinal fluid that surrounds your spinal cord is that it's thought to be the seat of the soul. It's thought to be um, a core piece of mothers actually having very spiritual experiences during childbirth, right? Being able to connect with our creator, being able to connect with the universe. It's a very potent rite of passage childbirth and it can be very uh, amazingly spiritual in the right context, but they're gonna numb all of that. They're going to numb that possibility of anything spiritual actually occurring. And of course, if the mother can't feel her body, 
she can't help her, her baby get born. Right? She, this mother, if the epidural works, it means that she can't even roll over without people doing it for her. She can't lift a leg up or, you know, squat or spiral her body or take a walk or anything. Mm -hmm. She's just going to lay there like a limp noodle. Her mind is going to be altered from the Pitocin. Some people feel very sick from it immediately, you know, with chills and nausea. And so you're already sick. Now you're numb, which is a further mind altering experience. And guess what? Your baby's on its own to get born. Right. You're on your back. Somebody mm -hmm. may be propping you up a little bit, right? But basically, this baby is going to be born against gravity and against unbelievable odds with the Pitocin contractions coming in, the fetal heart monitor screwed into its head, the, the amniotomy that's been already done, and alone to do it on its own. So this can leave a very powerful imprint of abandonment and a chronic feeling throughout life that there's nobody that's going to help me. I'm on my own. There's a different imprint. And by the way, if you allow induction, you have something like a 70% increased chance that you're going to have a C-section. Mm -hmm. Right. Now with C-section imprinting, it's just the opposite of the epidural imprinting, which is, you know, C-section babies may have a lifelong imprint that says, I can't do it on my own. Somebody has to help me. Somebody's got to come and save me. Okay. Right. In a natural birth, the baby has to maneuver through the birth portal. It's got to twist and turn and make its way through those very narrow passages through the pelvis. You know, it's got to find its way. And when it makes its way, with the help of the mother, ideally moving her body to help, right? When the baby actually does this, right? This is a major victorious imprint. I did it. I can succeed. I can, I'll be okay in this life. I know what it takes. Okay. With C-section, that's stolen completely. What about forceps? Is that the same? Same thing. Well, like with, with forceps, you're going to get like a power struggle going on. Oh, interesting. This is what happened to me. This is why I got such an attitude today still. Right? It's part, part of why, because it's like, get your hands off my head. You know, don't you, don't you press my brain that way. They killed my grandmother's baby that way. They gave him a brain hemorrhage. And this is all part of my genetic memory. And here they came at me with the forceps. So this just pisses babies off. Like get away from me. Interesting. Don't you dare try to pull me out like that. What is wrong with you? It's incredible violence. I mean, it's one thing, you know, maybe in one, two, possibly 3% of, of births, it might be necessary to have instruments like that used. But other than that, to have a vacuum sucked, you know, suck on your head to pull you out, 
or forceps to pull you out. This is psychotic madness and extreme violence. And it's going to cause a power struggle that the baby is obviously destined to lose. Very interesting. Which is so, not a good imprint. Can I just tell you quickly about my, so I have a son who's now 11 and a half. So I had a beautiful pregnancy with a wonderful man, very supportive, very wanted, no interventions, no nothing, planned for the home birth and beeswax candles and beautiful music and dim light, which didn't happen. And now knowing, and I had studied a lot of stuff and learned a bunch of stuff, but I would still do things differently now had I been, had it been now rather than back then. Just labored all overnight, wasn't advancing, went to the hospital, got the epidural, like got all the things that I like my ego is like, no way. And I didn't want my baby. And my biggest thing is, is I didn't want to ever have to separate from my baby to come back home. I wanted to be at home. So I never had to had to separate from him so you could go skin to skin and stay there. And that was it. Of course, that didn't happen. So I ended up having the epidural and I ended up having the vacuum. And he came out like looking like an alien with this, this crazy misshapen head not anymore but back then and so got home within had the had him like I was home within an hour and a half of having the baby and my all I did was skin to skin breastfeeding constantly he slept on my chest for probably the first three weeks of his life he just slept better that way I would just strap him with a towel on top of me and he would just skin to skin all night long and so I was hoping that I was doing undoing some of that trauma just by bonding and being in skin to skin. Like, so say we've been through all this stuff and we have the awareness, okay, that this is not the ideal condition, but it happened. Can we undo that? Can we, can we heal any of that? You can absolutely heal it. You know, I mean, the ideal scenario is that we don't have to go through the of healing. Course. Yes, of course. But um, for your baby, what you did was very important to try to restore the bonding. For you, it's probably important for you to look at your own birth, to see if you were separated from your mother, if there was any epidural involved, if there was any repetition. Well, that that's interesting because my mom gave birth to my two brothers and myself. We were very quick. We, 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 she basically, did, my dad dropped her off, you know, like they did back then. And an hour later, oh, you have a daughter. So it was actually, so I thought, oh, I'm going to have a quick, I, I want to give birth like my mother, I was hoping. So there wasn't nothing. I mean, it was traumatic in that it was a hospital birth and I'm sure we were separated, but she was smart enough to say, say like, no, when they tried to give her a bottle to feed me that she said, I got my own bottles here. Thank you very much. So there's a lot of inner wisdom in my mother that I'm very thankful for that yeah. she didn't fall prey to. But again, yeah. there was still medical, there was still a medical birth. I'm not sure if there were any drugs involved at all. Yeah. And that's just something for you to, to, check out um, definitely the separation uh, like i said the first time we give birth is usually there's a lot of repetition that occurs right. so um, the blessing is you were aware of the damage that it caused and you immediately tried to rectify it so let me help people understand that that first hour after birth is the most important time um, there's going to be a, you know, a cocktail of neurochemicals that, that should occur during that time that will never, ever be possible again. And so when that's interfered with, which it almost always is during a hospital birth, it can really undermine the bond, you know? 
And it under, undermines our experience of love. And it's not to say it can't be made up for, like with your baby, because that might've been the only separation that the baby experienced, the trauma can heal very quickly. In your case, because I don't know how old you are, but 20, 30, 40, there may have been repetition of separation that's occurred multiple times in different ways. And that takes longer to heal because now we've had traumatic repetition build up. It's still worth approaching the healing process. Right. Okay, and definitely for the babies because if you can work with healing your baby's trauma immediately, that is the best. What you did was absolutely the best. Um, yeah. Would you, what other advice would you give to parents that say, maybe they're just going to hear this and all of a sudden they, they realize that their baby went through traumatic birth. What, what are the top things they could do? Well, the top things are co-sleeping like you did, yeah. breastfeeding mm -hmm. like you did, baby wearing. Mm -hmm. In other words, keep your baby with you. Right. all the time Attached. okay right. as much as you humanly can and if the baby's not with you make sure the baby's with somebody else that loves that baby okay right. skin to skin is critical critically important and i would suggest finding a modality i teach a system a japanese system of energy medicine called jinshin jitsu that's very, very powerful for the release of prenatal okay. and birth trauma. So this is something I teach to my clients so that they can practice on themselves. They do self-care and also they can do this on their children to help their children release the trauma. Mm. And the earlier that we offer our children something like this, the better for them, they'll be able to heal it very, very quickly as compared to us, it's going to take a lot of repetition of doing gentian flows to unravel what's been holding in the nervous system to get it out. When it comes out, I mean, the only reason that I see what I see is because I've done the healing work. You know, otherwise, I too would still be under mind control. I too would still be in a state of hypnosis. But it's through the healing of the birth trauma that I've been able to come out of it and to see it. I see it exactly for what it is, every step of the way. So, and uh, we all should be able to see it. Right. But we can't because our minds have been altered from the trauma and from the programming that we allow ourselves to be subjected to. And the phones are a fundamental part of this. When you have those frequencies coming at you all day, you are being altered with Luciferian information constantly. Constantly. Well, there's that one movie. I can't remember what it's called. And everybody gets free phones. When I saw that movie, I was, I was like, this is not a movie. This is not fiction. Right. This is, this is, a message right here everybody and that's how they control them and that's how they zap them through those phones 100 percent oh this is called revelation of the method when they when they when they tell you through their media and their movies what they're going to do yeah. this is called revelation of the method and they believe luciferians believe if they tell you what they're going to do ahead of time and you don't object 
they have your consent and they will not be held spiritually accountable for the harm they cause because you said okay right so you know you're saying okay to the c-section to the induction to the circumcision which i haven't talked about but how much time have we got here oh let's check oh, we have right. to talk about circumcision if we have i don't know what are we yeah, I mean, there's two things very briefly I want to talk about, Okay. which is the C-section is a major big deal, okay? It's harmful. It's harmful to the mother, extremely. It's major surgery. This mom is going to be in excruciating pain for months, whereas a natural labor will be a week, you know, or a couple of hours, and you're going to feel okay. When you have a C-section, we're talking massive pain. We're talking not being able to nurse your baby without worrying about getting kicked or, you know, right. something that's going to tear open that scar. It's nasty. It's nasty, abusive. They put staples in your body. I mean, it's just Frankenstein, sadistic filth. Okay, that should never ever happen, unless there's really an emergency. Right. Okay. <clears throat> cord clamping. Do not let them cut your baby's umbilical cord, okay? <clears throat> These Luciferians are right now receiving injections of what they call young blood to keep them youthful. Mm -hmm. All right, the, the founder of PayPal, P Peter Thiel, has publicly come out and talked about these wonderful injections of young blood that he's getting. <clears throat> and this is what Luciferians believe. If they drink the blood of children or have it injected into their veins or bathe in it, they will be kept useful. And this is why they're taking your baby's cord blood. They're gonna get you to acquiesce to it by saying, do you want to store your baby's cord blood, your baby's stem cells? Right. Or something crazy like that. But the point being, that blood, when the baby's born, it's the baby, the umbilical cord, the placenta is still attached to the mom, and there's blood coming through that umbilical cord that contains stem cells and vital nutrients that belong in your baby's body. They are necessary for your baby to develop a proper immune system, proper brain development, proper lung development, so that he's not gasping in desperation for his life when you cut off his oxygen supply. You know, babies are not breathing. All of their oxygen is coming through the blood. Right. And here they're cutting it. Do they cut it right away? Wait, I didn't cut mine yes. right away. Do they cut it right away? Yes. Crazy. You know, I mean, you're lucky if you get them to wait a minute or two, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's called delayed cord clamping in our sick society. <clears throat> but that how, deal, long, how long would you recommend they wait? Hours. Okay. Here's what you do. Okay. When the baby's born, you wait till the placenta gets born. Okay. Now you've got baby umbilical cord and placenta. Watch the cord. You'll see the blood. You'll see the cord will be wound up, sometimes knotted. But as the baby receives the blood, the, the, the wrapping will unwind itself, the cord will get flat, and it will turn white. Okay. As the baby receives all the blood. When the cord is white and primarily flat, that's when it's safe to cut the cord. 
And still you should talk to your baby about it because mm. babies have, an, has, have, have a spiritual connection with their placenta. And they may not be quite ready to let go of that. Right. Some people like do that. what's called a lotus birth. Yes. And they keep, they keep the baby and the umbilical cord and the placenta attached until the umbilical cord falls off on its own three, five, seven, ten days later, whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's the kindest and gentlest thing to do is to let the baby decide when it's ready to break from the placenta and to take the placenta and the umbilical cord and bury it, um, plant a tree or something in a special place so that your baby can go to that place later and connect with the energy of the placenta um, later in life. Because it's a very deep spiritual bond. I don't have time to get into it, okay. but it's very significant, the bond. Do not ever let anybody get their hands on your baby's placenta or umbilical cord. I still have my placenta in my freezer. Yeah. I was going to encapsulate it, but I, it's too late now, but I, I want to, I want to plant it somewhere, but I don't feel like I have the place yet. So I still have. Okay. Then keep it until you feel that you have the right place. That's what I would do too. Right. I would okay. keep it until I feel like I have a, a safe place okay. to bury it where I can plant a tree. <clears throat> These are things that in the Ringing Cedars books, which I highly recommend everybody yeah. read, <clears throat> she talks about the importance of um, creating a space of love for the family before we have children and planting a family tree, you know, and it's at the family tree in the space of love where we would uh, yeah. be able to plant, uh, put the placenta. We are being encouraged right now to eat it, to consume it, but this is also satanic. I, I want to remind I you so. that they are eating and drinking the body parts and the blood of infants and, and young children. So we don't want to be like them. I mean, if you've had a very traumatic birth, uh, the placenta does have medicinal properties. I mean, it can stop a hemorrhage. If you suck on a piece of the placenta mm -hmm. um, and you're hemorrhaging, it can stop a hemorrhage. So it does have medicinal properties, but if you, if you don't need the medicine, leave it alone. It okay. belongs to your baby. You know, and if you are going to take it as medicine, talk to your baby and just, you know, respect that spiritual connection. Okay. Okay. That's good advice. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about is circumcision, which is probably the most horrific thing that they're doing of all things, because this involves amputating a healthy body part from a defenseless infant um, without any anesthetic. 96% of the time it's done with no anesthesia whatsoever. Even still no anesthesia, even, that's shocking. Wow. Well, the anesthesia doesn't do much, you know, when they're gonna, shoving a needle into an infant's penis is not exactly uh, something that's normal either. Right. So yeah. that you can go ahead and cut off a piece of a healthy body part. Right. But that foreskin, let me just say that that foreskin is designed. It's, it's attached to the glands of the penis. In order for them to cut it off, they literally are jamming a very sharp metal instrument between the glands of the penis and the foreskin, which is like jamming something underneath your fingernail right? Mm -hmm. And then ripping your fingernail off slowly, yeah. only ripping the foreskin off is much, 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 much worse. 
than anything that we could imagine for no medical reason whatsoever. In some cases, they're using very, very sadistic devices like the Gomco clamp that crushes the foreskin and then you rip it. Yeah. There's other sadistic devices that they're using to get the foreskin off the glands of the penis. And the baby will be strapped in a torture board called a circumstraint. It's a board with a cutout baby body that they put the baby's body in there, strap the baby's arms, strap the baby's legs. They'll get the baby erect very often to make the penis easier to work with before they sexually torture the infant and right. cut off, cut off the foreskin. The foreskin is designed so that when it meets with the vaginal wall, it will trigger the male brain to produce neurochemicals of love and bonding. Right. I heard there's something like, I can't remember the number when I interviewed somebody, she said it was about 20,000 nerve endings for pleasure yeah. alone. It is the most sensitive part of the penis that they're cutting off. And when you... When you have a circumcised penis, then the glands of the penis is going to become rough and calloused in order to protect itself. The glands of the penis is extremely sensitive and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be protected right. by the foreskin. Right. But now it's chronically exposed to things like dungarees, uh, you know, zippers, jeans, things that can seriously harm the foreskin, uh, the, the glands, which means it has to become calloused in order to protect itself. May I show you what it looks like? Sure, yeah. This is intense, but people need to see. Okay, mm -hmm. on the left-hand side, we have an intact penis. This, right. this here is the foreskin. Yeah. Okay, you could see the exquisite sensitivity and moisture right. of the glands, the intact glands, compared to the glands of the circumcised penis, which has become calloused. Of course, reducing sensitivity of a penis that's already had the reduction of sensitivity enormous from the removal of the foreskin. In addition, this rim, the rim of the penis, when a man pulls out of a vagina, the liquids, the fluids inside the female vagina get pulled out underneath the rim, they get trapped, causing an unnecessary drying of the vagina and causing the need for lubricants. See, that does not happen with an intact penis because when the man pulls out, the foreskin rolls over the oh, glands, yeah. preserves all the fluids. And then when he enters again, the foreskin pulls back. Okay, so we could see the severity of what they've done to male sensation 
but also to female, the female experience where it may really cause her pain to have a drying of the vagina. And also circumcised men may have to uh, pound. Right, it's not as sensitive tool. anymore, so. Yeah, so there may be unnecessary pounding. I know when I was in high school, there was, you know, <clears throat> if the woman couldn't walk the next day, that was an indication that oh, sex God. Jeez. So this is the insanity of our of our very damaged society. So I don't have much more time, but these are the major, major things that people need to be aware of. There's several more that I don't have time to discuss. Okay. But if after hearing all of this, you still don't understand that we are living, that we are in a spiritual battle and that this is evil that we are up against, then I don't know what to say. Please read my books, which will, I also finished my third book, Are Wireless Devices Really Safe? So that's available. If you go to my website at birthofanewearth.com, you can read about my books. You can read about my DVD on pornography, which is another major weapon, a totally satanic weapon that's been used to destroy human love and human bonding. So all of this is very important for us to face if we are to come through to the other side of this and to if we are to protect our families from the from these evil beings they do exist they're walking amongst us and they have succeeded greatly in harming us already so on a, let's end on a high note so the answer would be to obviously change the system and to not participate in that system and to be, I would say, to have the most natural, and un, just no um, interventions in your in your experience to conceive intentionally, to know that that information, to, to let that baby know it's loved in the womb, to have a home birth where the dad is probably, I would say, the other one that's catching the one that's most involved of the actual activity of, of catching the baby and then the bonding afterwards, would you say like that would be your ideal? We could do an entire show on this topic, on what would make for um, uh, bringing children into this realm in alignment with the, with the divine path, okay? And it does include several of the things that you said. Number one, getting a hold of our carnal impulses, you know, not having sex haphazardly, not conceiving unwanted children, conceiving our babies consciously, gestating them in trauma-free wounds, ideally in a space of love that we have created for them to be conceived in and gestated in and birthed, birthing them in the space of love that we have prepared for them and parenting them consciously. And there's, there's many steps to this. Right. And it's really, I'm happy to do another show with you to talk about Love it. This to. is all, I have a 20 week parenting course. Love to. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay. So in the end, let's talk about again, quickly what you do, because there are resources. There's resources to heal. There are resources to minimize any damage that might have already been done, right? Like I want people to know that this is, you're, you I believe in the human body and in the human condition that we can always overcome. Maybe not, I mean, there's ideal and then there's definitely, I believe that there's never, we never have to give up hope. So 
your mm-hmm. your website birth of a new earth um you have a show you had a show there for a while didn't you it was birth of a new earth didn't you have like a an i did show? many years ago yeah i had a television show i've done radio and television shows you know many times um i've got a lot of information on my website and there's the show video interviews with janice just from the last two years there's so much only so much i can upload to my website right Um, i've been banned off of youtube and vimeo and many social media sites so a lot of my stuff is gone from youtube uh but you can still find it in certain places and go to my website. The first thing we, we really, really, the most important thing right now is to heal our birth trauma right. and to become educated on the steps that we need to take to create children in the most gentle possible way. And it starts before conception. So my, my parenting program, it will have the best effect if it reaches people before right. conception. Right. right. Okay. Because then okay. We'll, we'll have the whole process right. outlined. We yeah. don't do preconception education in our society, no. but I do. That's right. my work. Okay. okay. Preconception, age education, and healing. And if you're already pregnant, don't delay. Now is a now. great time to jump right. into it before you give birth. It could make all the difference for you and your family and your baby. Absolutely. And, and we need that. We need that now than ever. We need strong people rooted in themselves that feel right in this world. We're not seeing that right now. And I think we're seeing that we're more vulnerable than ever. So please check out Janice's work, read her books, can work with her, get her course, whatever you can do. Your babies are worth it. We, I I mean, what else could be more important than- Your your bloodlines are worth it. This is the future of our earth. It is, and, and we have the we have the potential to make an enormous difference for the future of our earth by bringing children into this world in a very conscious way, so that their link with the divine mind is maintained, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be damaged the way we are. Right, we can do this. That we have the potential to do, even from our wounded place. We can do so this. What a contribution that is. It is. I, yeah. I don't know what could be more important than that, other than also helping the ones that are already here. But okay, yes. Janice, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. That that This is a doozy. This is heavy. <laughs> it's heavy, but yeah. necessary. And we can't be afraid to talk about this. Yes. Sasha, thanks for having the courage. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. We'll be in touch again. Take I really care. appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.